the blast from our past network. This is General Hummel. Drop your weapons. Drop them! Anderson here, General Hummel. Commander. Team leader. Commander Anderson, if you have any concern for the lives of your men, you will order them to safety their weapons and place them on the deck. This is not happening. Sir, we know why you're out here. God knows I agree with you. But like you, I swore to defend this country against all enemies, foreign, sir, and domestic. General, we've spilled the same blood in the same mud. You know goddamn well I can't give that order. We're dead. Your unit is covered from an elevated position, Commander. I'm not gonna ask again. Don't do anything stupid. No one has to die here. Man following the general. You're under oath as United States Marines. Have you forgotten that? We all have shipmates we remember. Some of them were shit on and pissed on by the Pentagon. But that doesn't give you the right to mutiny. You call it what you want. You're down there, we're up here. You walked into the wrong goddamn room, Commander! Goddamn it, Commander, one last time. You tell your men to safety their weapons, drop them on the deck. I cannot give that order! I am not gonna repeat that order! I will not give that order! What the hell is wrong with you, man? Stand fast! Oh my god. Let's waste these fuckers. One last time, you order your men to safety their weapons! Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. Co host Dean is here. Hey, Dean. Hey, Tim. This week, we are covering the movie The Rock. Dean, I, I remember seeing this in theaters. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was one of those. That's a good... That Yeah, I couldn't see it in theaters. I was uh, not of the age to be able to see this one in theaters. Yeah. yeah. It was one of those movies where I didn't really know much going in, but it looked cool. So, oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I came out of that movie so pumped up that, of course, yeah. like, it was one of those movies where I came out and I just wanted to go save the day. Yeah, definitely. And, and I don't even know, like, how you do that or, or what that yeah. really even means. But I just, I got out of the theater, I smelt that warm summer air, and I'm like, I want, I want to help out. I want to save yeah, you something. Didn't, you didn't know where the day needed to be saved. You just knew that you were going to be the one to do it. Wherever yeah. it was going to be, you were going to do it. That's right. I, I wanted to. I was looking around for, you know, disasters happening. Yeah. Um, Muggings, carjackings. Yeah. Rockets. Uh, flying. Rockets. Yeah. Chemical warfare. Chemical warfare. Chemical weapons. Yeah. Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta keep. You gotta keep an eye out for him for Looking sure. Looking for SEAL teams just running around. Yeah. I'll just join in. Join. Just, yeah. Just run with. Just them. run. I'll be the last guy running. Yeah. They'll turn around and be like, "Who's this guy?" And I'm like, "Just I'm call with, me Goodspeed. I'm with you. Let's go yeah. save the day." I'm in. Are you guys going to save the day? Because I'm in. And they're That's like, my "Yeah, thing. it's yeah. kind of my thing. We're we're off to save the day. Great. Excellent. May I come with you? 
It's great. This movie is such a fist pump movie. You know, there's so many moments to just be like pumping your fist at the screen. So fun. Yeah, I'm going to assume you're a fan of this movie. I mean, this is a pretty fun movie. This seems like something you might be a fan of. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is exactly one of those movies that uh, I just have a lot of fun with. Uh, Not going to not going to go around saying it's a five star movie or anything, but I just have a ton of fun with it. I, uh, I would have said that when I was a teenager, like when I was a teenager, I had this DVD and it was when I didn't have very many DVDs. And I uh, saw so I'd watch this constantly. I, I've seen this movie so many times. It was such a go to when I was a teenager. Um, I haven't seen it since then, really. I haven't really watched it too many times as an adult. Uh, but man, did I have a fun time with it? Yeah, same. I saw it in the theater, maybe two times after that, renting it. Yeah. And then that was it. I haven't seen this in, in forever. So I don't, I personally thought like it, it exceeded my expectations knowing that I liked it back in the day. Very impressed with this movie this time around. It, it held yeah. up. It, it completely oh, held yeah. up. Yeah. This is, this is one of those um, Dean classics where I had to uh, skip the first 10 minutes of it. Cause they're too scary. Oh yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. So I would like own the DVD and say I loved the movie, but I'd have to skip the first 10 minutes. Yeah, of course. There's faces melting. Oh, the worst. Big drama. P- yeah. People being sad for dead people. really just the faces people. melting. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a rot. Like watching it this time. Whoa. Great intro. Great intro. We'll talk about that in a little bit though. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger was up for the role of Stanley Goodspeed, but he didn't like the script. Okay. That would have been very different, but also very fun. Different. Fun, different yeah, type for of, sure. Of a the different rock. movie, a different movie. Still a great movie. Great movie, but very different. I'd watch the hell out of that movie. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Here's a quick synopsis for anybody that hasn't seen this movie. FBI chemical expert Stanley Goodspeed is sent out on an urgent mission with a former British spy, John Mason to stop General Hummel from launching chemical weapons from Alcatraz into San Francisco. Don't do it. That's just uh, short and sweet. Great, great synopsis. Sounds like it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Those are big names, you said, and they all rule. Big names? Stanley Goodspeed and John Mason? Yeah, all these characters are awesome. Yeah, they are. I don't know. He's caught me off guard with big names. Like, uh, if I had said Nick Cage and Sean Connery, maybe that's well, fits. for me, for me, Stanley Goodspeed and John Mason just <laughs> stuck as a kid. Oh, okay. Like, so, so, like, I knew, even though into like my adulthood, I hadn't watched the movie in forever. If someone said Goodspeed, I knew what they were talking about. Like, I knew that they were talking about Nick Cage in The Rock. Not me. Hey, there were okay. a lot of one liners and jokes in this movie. That oh, yeah. as I was watching, I was like, oh, it was from this movie. Because I, re- right, I remember okay. them, but I didn't rem- remember what they were from. But they were from this. This is yeah. a very funny movie. Uh, yeah, there's lots of jokes. It's very good. It's, it's not just the jokes. It's like the timing of the jokes and the delivery of the mm-hmm. jokes. It's very, very funny. Yeah. Now, this was released in 1996 with a budget of $75 million dollars. And it goes on to gross $335 million, which made it the fourth highest grossing movie of that year. Okay, cool. Now, Dean, you like games. 
Yes. I'm going to throw it to you. Can you guess the top three grossing movies of 1996? And I have some taglines if you want some clues. Okay. Okay. 1996. That's a tough year for me to remember. Um, top four grossing movies, 1996. Okay. Give me, uh, give me taglines. Let's do taglines. Okay. We'll go from three. Well, we'll start at three. Okay. I have two taglines for each. Your first tagline, every second counts. Um, your next tagline. Yeah. Only the mission matters. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so Apollo 13? Nope. Ah. Every second counts. Only the mission matters. I don't know. You're going to kick yourself when I tell you. I know, I know, I know. Okay, 1996. Famous. Every second theme song. What? Famous theme song. I don't know. I'm blanking. Tom Cruise. I was thinking Tom Cruise. Oh, fucking Mission Impossible. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, okay. Number three, okay. Mission Impossible. Number two. Yeah. Your first tagline, don't breathe, don't look back. Okay. Your second tagline, the dark side of nature. Wow. <laughs> Not easy. These are t- Taglines are throwing me off, Tim. Don't breathe. Don't look back. Dark side of nature. Dark side of nature. Um, Picture yourself in that situation. The dark side of nature and don't look back. Because you're running so fast in the other I know. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm running away from something. (laughs) Definitely. I'm definitely running away from something. Um, Bill Paxton. Yeah. So. uh, Oh, Bill Paxton. Twister. Fuck. Twister. Okay. Twister's Twister. right. Twister. Yeah. Okay. Bad year for me, 1996. That's fine. It's okay. fine. We're just here to have yeah. fun. So, yeah. Uh, you're not getting marked on this. Okay. Good. Good. The number one movie of 1996. Your first tagline. They only want one thing. Destruction. Okay. This one should give it to you. The day we fight back. Okay. So Independence Day. Yeah. You got it. So what I was going to throw at Independence Day when we started. And for some reason in my head, I was thinking 1997, but that's contact. That's that's contacts 1997. Right. So, yeah. Independence Day 1996. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those are. Hey, those are tough. All those movies. Those are tough. I like all those movies. Uh, I don't like Twister, but I've only seen it one time. Yeah. Probably back in 1996. And, uh, you know, I was a different person back then. Yeah. I was looking to save the day. Not yeah, not okay. like True. not not study natural disasters. So it wasn't for me. Yeah, not not chase the tornado. You no. want to save the day, yeah. not I'm chase save the tornado. The day. Yeah, you can't stop yeah. a tornado. Like, yeah, it's not like I'm going and I'm going to throw some no. magical ointment into the center of it and it's going to dissipate and go away. Yeah, you would you would join that SEAL team that was running and you'd be like, "Are you guys going to save the day?" And they'd be like, "No, we're chasing a tornado." And you, oh, sorry. No, they're I'm like, out. "No, we're running away from a tornado." And I'm like, "Cool." <laughs> I'm in. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll run away. Yeah. I'll run away. I'm with you. Cool. That was fun. Uh, yes, right on. Well, directed by Michael Bay. This was his second movie after directing Bad Boys the year before. And after directing The Rock, he would go on to do Armageddon. Then he would go on to direct five Transformer movies. 
of which I have yeah. seen one, and yep. that was plenty. I was very full of Transformers after the first one. Yep, I um Tim full and gassy. I have seen. <laughs> I have I have also seen one movie, Tim. We went to that Transformers we did. movie. We by did. The way. I remembered. We did. I remembered that. Yep. Yep. Uh, that I've seen that one, and then I went to another one in theaters, but I like slept through it. I, oh, I fell asleep. I was very tired. It's a very long movie. The best way to so do I don't it. remember any of it. <laughs> um, I am going to have to watch all of them pretty soon Uh-oh. because uh, for for trivia, unfortunately, <laughs> that's unfortunate. That is very unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Yeah, that's the dark side of trivia, right there. It is. It is. You know why, Tim? I'm I just just for a second here. There's a trivia category that is called sci-fi icons, and it has things in it like Aliens movies, Predator movies, Terminator movies, Matrix movies, and Transformers movies. So that's a good category for me if I can just watch those fucking Transformers movies. Yeah. One of those things just doesn't belong there. One of (laughs) those things just isn't the same. Yes, Tim. One of those things does not belong. Get out of there, Transformers. Sci-fi icon? Get the fuck out of here. You belong in early teenage, I don't know, horny angst category. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, also a category I'm pretty good at. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Early teenage horny angst. I'm good at those movies. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a good description of the movie. I saw it a long time ago. I feel yeah. like it fits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great score in this movie, I thought. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really yep. fit the movie. There was a really good range of intense action, you know, um, sounding tracks, along with uh, more heartfelt themes. Um, and it really, For really sure. fit with what they were doing in the movie. It yep. was done by a Nick, Jenny Smith, and Hans Zimmer together. Yeah, great. Um, loved all the music. I thought some of the music was interesting choices in scenes. Um just for example, the beginning, uh, there's like really like let's go type music, but we're actually watching villains do things. Yeah. So I thought that was a very interesting choice. And and it kind of it kind of molds how you're thinking about the movie. And when you get later on in the movie, it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes oh, sense totally. that that's what they were going with and that's the theme they were going with. So I really liked that, um, that it was kind of pumping me up at the beginning, even though we weren't we weren't with the heroes yet. We were actually with the villains. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The Rock was actually nominated for Best Sound at the Academy Awards, which was, uh, I thought, a bit of a shocker. Yeah, Academy Award nominated The The Rock. Rock. Yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, man, the the gun sounds in this movie are incredible. And then you've got you know fighter jets, you've got like the 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 tink the tinkling of tiny chemical glass balls against each other and like everything just sounded so perfect yeah definitely now the spec script was written by a david weisberg and douglas cook a writing duel that's only written a total of five scripts everything they've written they've written together uh and nothing on their list even comes close to the quality of the rock Okay. And the spec script was then reworked into a screenplay by a Mark Rossner, and it would be the only screenplay he's ever worked on. Wow. Okay. So the lack of experience from those writers seemed very weird to me for how yeah. good this script actually is. 
So for sure, I went undercover, Dean. I did some digging. Oh, I, I paid off some informants. Uh-huh. Uh, mostly, I just looked at Wikipedia. But yeah. I learned that several other writers did have a hand in writing the script. But makes sense. Only the screenplay's initial authors plus one rewrite team were allowed by the Writers Guild to be credited. Okay. So the likes of Jonathan Hensley, known for Die Hard with a Vengeance, Jumanji, Con Air, and Armageddon. Also, Aaron Sorkin, known for A Few Good Men, The Social Network, and Moneyball. And also Quentin Tarantino. We all know his movies. Those three would go uncredited on this movie. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Sorkin, yeah, Sorkin's like one of the best writers. He makes the most boring topics so interesting and exciting. No doubt. Um, so makes sense he has a hand in that. And yeah, Tarantino, obviously. Obviously, we all know Tarantino's uh, amazing. Great cast. Sean Connery, Nick Cage, Ed Harris, Michael Bean, Tony Todd, Vanessa Marcel, David Morse, among others. Dean, I'm going to th- yeah. throw a real tough question out to you here. Oh, geez. Okay. Who's your favorite cast member? Oh, good question. Oh, man. That, is, that tough. was tough. It's a I tough one. Able, no. I thought I'd be able just to throw a yep. name out there. But then when I went through the top three, I was like, oh, it could be any of them. It could be any of these three. That's why I'm asking you because I was like, okay, now let's decide yeah. who my favorite was. And I was like, oh, oh, this is tough. And then I ended up landing on one of the names I didn't think I'd pick. So I thought I would throw it to you as well. I'm going to land on a name. I didn't think I was going to pick either after going through them all. I'm going to land on Sean Connery. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to land on Ed Harris. Yeah. Great. I thought it was just such a great performance. I thought Sean Connery, I don't know if this was what they were going for with him, but it felt a little bit like he didn't want to be there. But that might have been his. Yeah. That might have been his character. He might have been playing that on purpose. Yes. I liked Connery a lot. Um, it was very clear he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But like, I feel like that was his thing. Yeah. You know? I think maybe that's why I liked that he just like didn't care. Yeah. Um, everyone cared so much about their thing, and he didn't. Um, I liked him a lot in this movie. Obviously, you know, I always like Nick Cage. Ed Harris was great. Ed Harris was going to be the other name I was going to say there. That's who I thought I was going to pick was Ed Harris, but. Uh, Go, I, I would, yeah, I'm going to go with Sean Connery. I like Sean Connery a lot. Also, his hair at the beginning, when it's just like long, it's he looks so awesome. Like, yeah, it's a grunge I thing. I love how he looks. He, he looks great. <laughs> uh. Cool. Well, most of the film was actually shot on location in the Alcatraz prison on Alcatraz cool. Island. Um, I've been there. I got locked in a cell there. That's part of the tour. Oh, shit. Oh, Lots okay. Of Part of the tour. Okay. Yeah, they turned the lights off, locking a cell. Really? Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Did you uh, have to try to escape? <laughs> no, I didn't have to try to escape. Oh. There is uh, no escape, Dean. You fool. Oh, right. What are you, some damned fool? You think you can escape from Alcatraz? I don't know. I've People do it in movies. Um, As Alcatraz is governed by the National Park Service... It was not possible for the movie to close down Alcatraz, and much of the filming had to accommodate tour parties wandering around. Cool. <laughs> Could you imagine? 
Cool. <laughs> be, I didn't see them. Be, no, no. They did a great job of not including them in the final cut. Yeah. But yeah. great day to go to uh, Alcatraz while the filming of The Rock is going on. That'd be cool. Yeah. You got some some Nick Cage there, some Sean Connery. You'll just be taking the tour and they'll be locked up yeah. in their cells doing their cell scene. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be awesome. And this is Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery <laughs> filming a movie. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> great day. Fucking great day. That'd be the best. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's a wild story for you. Are you ready? I am. Yeah, definitely. In 2002, a source came forward for MI6 and provided senior members with intel detailing that Saddam Hussein was stepping up production of chemical weapons for biological warfare. The source was said to have had phenomenal access to Iraq's biological and chemical weapons capabilities, and he claimed that nerve agents VX and Sarin were being produced and stored in various containers, including one type of container with linked hollow glass spheres. Huh. Questions were raised by MI6 when it was pointed out there were strong similarities between the source's story and the chemical weapons that were used in the rock. While MI6 did eventually conclude that their source had been lying for quite some time, the fraudulent intel from the source was the reason the UK decided to enter the war on Iraq in 2003. Wow. So, so whether the UK was tricked into going or they were looking for a reason to go, that report, which was aided by the appearance of chemical weapons in the rock was the catalyst for them going. Wow. That, this movie is a little tainted now. <laughs> Are we allowed to like this movie now? Wow. Yeah. You can still like the movie. Of course. Cause it's messed up people that messed, <laughs> messed with it. That's, that's wild, Tim. That is a wild story. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to talk about it or anything. I just thought that was just, no, it's such, just wild. Such a wild thing. Who, yeah. Who's that source? <laughs> Who watched The Rock and was like, yeah, yeah. hell yeah. I'm going to throw that in my report. Just gonna, I'm going to say that this actually happened. I'm going to pump my report up a little bit here and uh, <laughs> just throw a couple lies in. Who will know? You know what looked good in my Who report? Yeah. You know what? It was just a late night of writing reports. They threw on The Rock. Yeah. They were just writing and they got confused as they were falling asleep. They just started writing things that were happening in the movie. I think so. I think that person yeah. was thinking... Honestly, how many people even saw The Rock? How much money did it even make in 1996? <laughs> Not much. Not this will be I fine. I bet Mission Impossible Twister and Independence Day made way more. Yeah, way more. This this will this will go right through in my report. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so the movie starts out with Ed Harris playing General Hummel. He's mad at the lack of respect his men have received in giving their lives for their country. And it's time for him to teach the government a lesson. I couldn't help but notice on his military uniform, Dean, he has all of the medals. He's got them all. Every single one. He's got them all and he left one on his wife's grave. So he even had extra ones. He might even have duplicates of medals that he he already has. For sure. He he's sure. had so many. Yeah. He's a good guy. His jacket was about to rip off under the weight of his medals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's heavy. hunched over. He he's walking with shoulders. a hunch because it was it was yeah. like an extra forty pounds on his chest. 
So heavy. Um, that I will chalk up to overkill. Just, the, the amount of medals? Yeah, yeah. You don't need to have that many medals. If there's one thing this movie is good at, it is overkill. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So Hummel and his men break into a highly restricted area and steal a very dangerous chemical called VX-2 and a couple of missiles. Well, actually, it turned out they stole a bunch of missiles. We yeah. saw them steal a couple. I think they stole something like 23 or something. But I thought uh, it was also a very great choice at the beginning here because they show us what this chemical can do right away. Like as they're going oh, yeah. to steal it, uh, Dean, you, you couldn't watch this first 10 minutes because of this moment. But exactly. one of the guys drops one of the you know, green glass chemical containers and his face just melts off. Bad. It looked great. Even now, it looked great. Great horror. It effects. looks amazing. It looks, yeah, great. Exactly. Great horror effects. This was the thing that could not watch. I watched it the one time and I was like, I guess I can't watch The Rock. And then I realized, <laughs> well, I mean, I can watch past the first 10 minutes. So I just always started at scene three or whatever scene two. Good call. Yeah. His face was yeah. bubbling. It was bubbling and it was popping. bubbling. Skin it's was so popping. fucking gross. Yeah. It's so gross. Mm. It's such a good, yeah, you're right with the horror effect. It is such a good horror effect. Like it was awesome practical stuff going on there yeah definitely uh now i'm also a big fan here of how they built up hummel uh you can already tell you know he's gonna be a sympathetic villain in the movie this is where your music fits in for it being like sympathetic music even though he's he's stealing chemicals and missiles and he's gonna you know apparently kill you know tens of thousands of people with it he wants a hundred million dollars to give to the families of people who were under his command that didn't get any sort of recognition that they deserved. I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, like everybody sitting here. Don't you hear his point? Give the families the give money. Give them the money. Like, give them the money. Okay, sure. We go get Ed Harris because he he hijacked missiles. Great. He does. He's fine with being in jail. Give them the money. <laughs> give everyone else the money. Still do that. Yeah. He's like, everybody gets a million dollars. The, the 80, yeah. 83 families. Then his team that's Great helping plan. him out and himself. Yeah. And then that's it. That's a hundred dollars. Everybody or a million dollars, a hundred million dollars. Everyone yeah. gets a little piece and then you, uh, you have to leave America. Sounds, Sounds good to me. Great. Just do it. Yeah. And you're avenging your fallen brothers and the way they were treated. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. They're the good guys. I like apparently. his character in this movie. Yeah. But then Dean, we meet uh, Nick Cage and he's playing FBI agent Stanley Goodspeed. He just happens to specialize in poison and gases, which is very convenient. And we get a very fun scene where we see how good he is at his job. Now, did you skip over this scene as well? Nope. Okay. So what did you like about this scene? I was always fine with this scene as a kid. Um, What I love about this scene is the intensity. Like, I am... So intense in this scene. The, the scene does such a great job of like building it and well, not even building it, just like hitting it to the, you know, to the peak right away. Um, I'm like, my heart's pounding while it's going on, which is how it should be. So, you know, Michael Bay gets into, you know, he kind of loses this as we go along. And I think he loses some of the intensity in his movies, even though he's trying big and bigger and better things. This is a perfect example of how he can be great with this scene right here, cutting between, 
you know, them in the in the tank as the gas is going off, trying to defuse a bomb while their suits are melting. And then while people on the outside of the tank are trying to get the sprinklers to work, there's just so much going on that it's, uh, yeah, it just raises that intensity so high. I love this scene. I think that the, I always think this guy at the beginning, who's just playing with the baby. I'm like, you're such an He's idiot. An idiot. He's such an idiot. Obviously, don't touch anything. A baby, don't touch it. If there's a little toy doll in this case, that's the bomb. That's the bad thing. Totally. Like, do not touch it. Yeah. It's a su- suspicious package. Just don't yeah. touch it. Don't pick. Just don't touch don't it. Don't pick up a doll and start waving its arm around. So dumb. Uh, so dumb. He, but I love it. I love this scene. He was my favorite part in the scene, though. He is so funny. Yeah. With the lines yeah. that he's delivering. Um, For sure. You're right. It's such a panic. The the people outside of the room are screaming from outside to Goodspeed and this idiot that they need to stab themselves in the heart with this giant yeah. needle. Because oh I guess that's the only way you can survive this gas. You need this like right. dose of whatever it is. And <laughs> he's just like, what? You want me to do what? He says, <laughs> I can't even see anything in here. Uh, he says, what happens if I miss my heart? And they keep screaming at him. And he throws out this great line. He says, look how big this is. You want me to stick this into my heart? Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> And it's just such a great, like, realistic line. I'm not, love it. I'm not yeah. shoving that into my heart. That's like no way. Any of these movies where people need to shove needles into your heart, into their heart. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck doing that in real life. Yeah. So I was on this guy's side, go- and he couldn't even see. What if he missed? Yeah. He couldn't even see. It was. I loved it. That's why it's so perfect, because you would grab that needle because they're yelling at you to do it, and then you'd look at it and you'd be like, I'm not doing this. How am I supposed to do this? It went down exactly as as how it should go down. You're just like, I'm not doing this. Like, I guess my face will melt off because I'm not shoving this into my chest. Great. That was great. So, yeah, really great energy um, in these first few scenes in this movie. This is where I like I sat up and I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie is really, really good. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. I was I just got really, really into it and I uh, wasn't expecting to get that into it. And I was having a, you know, I was having a bunch of fun. Yeah. Then they show us uh, Stanley Goodspeed at home. We see his girlfriend, Carla, who is gorgeous and she wants to marry him. And I thought they used Carla pretty well in the movie. You know, you didn't really need to have a love interest, but I think it worked as like um, it worked as a reason that you didn't just want good speed to die. Right. There were she was his consequences for if anything happened to him. Right. Like she was his tie back to the real world as he's out on the mission here. So it was subtle. They didn't do much with it, but I thought they did just enough. For it not to be annoying and not to be like too upfront in your face. Yeah, I think it's a a plot hole filler, um, which is which is fine. Um, I, in this case, I think it's fine. Uh, she's a plot hole filler because later in the movie, you might think like, why doesn't he just leave? Why doesn't he just run away and leave San Francisco? You know, like why doesn't he just go- get away from this? He can't because she's there. You know, so it's 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 what keeps him going in this movie and makes it like crucial that he does the job like his whole life is on the line here because his 
his uh, girlfriend, soon to be fiance, is in the city where all of the destruction is going to happen. So I did like that a lot. I liked that. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it, it, there's not much to her character other than that, but I liked that there was something for him keeping him there. So uh, I, I was on board with it. Yeah, and I don't think you even really need that. Like, his yeah. his just not wanting... He's a good enough guy. Yeah, yeah. he's a good enough guy. Yeah. Him not wanting thousands of people to die yeah. should be enough. Yeah. But by putting her in there, we don't even have to question that. We don't even have to question his morality yeah. or anything like that. We just know that he's on this mission because she's there and he's kind of doing it, you know, first and foremost for her. So yeah. then you can just forget about everything else after that. And it just, it works. It allows you just to kind of shut that other stuff out. Yeah. And I, I do love their relationship. I love their opening interaction yeah. here where he like, oh, it's great. He, ha he talks about his horrible day. He says like, why, how could someone bring a child into this world? Why would they want to do that? Yeah. And then she tells him she's pregnant and then he's happy. Yeah. And she's like, what about what you just said? <laughs> she's like, what's changed? He's like, oh, that... <laughs> He's like, I meant it at that time, yeah. but now I don't mean it. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean you meant it, it at that time? It was ago. seven <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> it's great. It's absolutely great. It's a great scene. It's one of those things you're talking about where it's like, this movie's funny. That is so funny. And their interaction yeah. is so good in, in, in that scene. So yeah, great. Yeah, it was really funny. It's, it's really great delivery. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really great timing, <laughs> as I mentioned. Funny, funny. Now, General Hummel takes over Alcatraz. He sets up a command center. He calls the government and lets them know they have 40 hours to pay him the $100 million. The government decides it has two options. Plan B is blowing up the island. Plan A is infiltration. Dean, they need a ninja. They do. They do need a ninja. Um, they get a ninja. <laughs> they get a ninja. They get professional escape artist Sean Connery. Playing yeah. John Mason, who is a ninja. From he basically is right. He's, he's basically a ninja. From, in, you only live twice. He's uh, he was a ninja. <laughs> oh, he actually is. Yeah, he brought that <laughs> he along. He brought a... his ninja skills <laughs> along. He passed the test. Excellent. <laughs> I think I think they they discussed only having two plans here. I think they need three plans, and one of the plans needs to be just pay this guy's money so that seriously can give a hundred million dollars. That's not even that. Just much. Give him the money. A million dollars per person? He's a person? good guy. That's... They know he's a good guy. They know he's just going to give that money to those families that probably need it. Just give them the fucking money. Yeah, they're like, no, fuck those families. Those okay, people so who... nuke the island. Yeah, let's nuke, <laughs> let's nuke him, his men, and all the hostages. And the hostages. There's like 40 or 50 hostages. Fuck them. We'll kill all them because those families who lost people in the war... <laughs> For, for unreasonable circumstances, fuck them. They don't deserve anything. Yeah. We'll do anything yeah. that we can so they don't get a penny. To stop we'll, that. We'll destroy all of San Francisco if it comes to that, but fuck those families that's, of the yeah, soldiers. That's not even an option. <laughs> that's not even an option. <laughs> we'll fucking blow our... We'll blow up the entire country if we have to, but we're not paying them a dime. How is blowing up that island a higher priority than just paying him the money? It's ridiculous. Oh, man. Uh, I Dean, I, I didn't consider that. That's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Plan C, pay them, pay them the money. That should be plan A. Plan A, pay them the money. If we, yes, plan if A. we can't collect, you know, if, if the banks aren't open, then let's go to plan B. 
It should at least be on the board. You should at least <laughs> throw it on the whiteboard in the first brainstorming session as a plan. <laughs> yeah. No, those government officials, they were all just like tight asses. You could tell. Yeah, I think I think they blamed it on the president in one scene. They're like, we talked to the president and he won't give you any money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure they did. They didn't talk to the president. Now, Sean Connery as John Mason, he has escaped from Alcatraz and they want him to help sneak them back in. Yeah, I like it. Good. I like it. Yeah. I like this character of Mason. He has uh, many layers to him. Yeah. We slowly throughout the movie we kind of learn his backstory, um, you know, why he was thrown into prison in the first place. It's a pretty cool story. He ended up stealing all of the U.S. secrets thirty years earlier from the head of the FBI. So he's got all this dirt on the U.S. and they never found what he stole. So they just threw him in a cell for thirty years. So yeah, he he has trust issues to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Now, Mason agrees to help, and he's taken to a hotel where he shows us how good he is at escaping because he gets out of a room full of agents. Great. This is great. Yeah. And, and I love the whole time, like, uh, Goodspeed had gone in to try to convince him to take part. You could tell Mason was like, I don't care. I don't care about this stuff you're doing. Um... I'll agree if you get me a hotel room at, at the Fairmont. And he keeps saying that to people. And then he eventually agrees and they agree. He just wants to go to the hotel because he knows he can escape. He knows how to escape from there. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, that's great. If you take me there, I'm escaping. So I'll do whatever you want. Just get me a hotel room so I can have a shower. And then sure enough, he escapes. Yeah. What I think is very crucial to this is that he has no idea what the mission is because no. they're not going to tell them because they're just they're not they don't want to tell anybody anything they just want to keep it all classified and all to themselves so they just pull them out of prison and they say we need you to break us into alcatraz you know they we need you to tell us how to get in he's not going to help because he doesn't care like he doesn't even know what it's about so he's just trying to break out that's why i love it that's why i love him trying to break out because he doesn't they're not telling him anything and uh, so he's like fuck these people yeah and also one of the government guys hates hates mason Oh yeah, because um, I guess he was the one who locked Mason up or whatever. They uh, they have yeah. a very hateful relationship, the two of them. And that guy, he he like ripped up the pardon. They said if you if you do this for us, we'll pardon you, full pardon. And then he ripped it up once Mason signed it. So like, you know, super shady stuff going on. So it's, oh, yeah. it's obvious Mason doesn't want to take part because he, you know, I guess yeah. he has trust issues. Why would you trust these guys? That was um, a neat dynamic that they kept playing throughout the whole movie was that he doesn't know what's going on until way later in the movie. Way later. Way later. Yeah. So uh, I, I did yeah. like that. I like that they kept him out of the out of the loop. Yeah. It's actually it, it's a cool um, it's a cool element to the movie that I feel like is kind of unique. Like I, I haven't seen many of these movies like this where the person doesn't know the plan right. where like they just. They, like where you get the criminal to help you out, but they don't know why. Yeah. I thought that that was kind of unique and I, I enjoyed it a lot. Same. Now, after Mason escapes from the hotel, there's a pretty good car chase scene. There was tons of damage going on. This is where some of like the Michael Bay and his flavor yeah. starts to come through. 
Uh, he likes these big, like, cinematic events. This was definitely one of them. Yeah. But we learned that Mason only took off because he wanted to find his daughter, his estranged daughter. And he does find her. And he tells her that he has a job to do. But after that, he wants to build a relationship with her. So that was that was cool. But I yeah. feel like a lot of people just died in that car chase. For him to get I to know. his daughter, like I, that didn't quite seem to fit. I know Michael Bay likes all the action and the destruction, but yeah. I'll be damned if 20 or 30 people didn't die in, in all that. It's exactly what I was thinking, Tim. I was like, holy cow, so many people must have died. The scene was like 15 minutes long of him crashing Pretty into long. shit. Like, that's just all it was. It was so long. A street trolley blew up. Yes, yes. It was... It <laughs> street trolley like blew up off the ground. Like it flew in the. I don't air. recall seeing people evacuating before it blew up. Do do you? I don't. But also, when it blew up, no one was in it. Like I did see that no one was in it, but I don't know. Um, I felt like a lot of people died. There's a nice sweet moment, it, like with him and his daughter. It gets like it's like, it's kind of where like the music gets like really really sweet and it's like swelling and everything. And that's where I'm just sitting there being like. <laughs> So many people must have just died. What is this music doing? Yeah. I mean, it's it's great music and it, it fits nice because he's having this moment. But I was thinking the exact same thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed Goodspeed's reaction to it because it's he, awesome. was, uh, he was following Mason. He was on his trail beat for beat. You know, um, Mason had to do a bit of investigating to figure out where his daughter was. Goodspeed had to do some investigating at the same time as as they're both like racing through the city in their cars. Really fun. And Mason, you know, when the FBI catches up, uh, sorry, Goodspeed, when the FBI catches up, he goes over and I'm expecting him to like grab Mason or like put him in handcuffs and be like, come on, you're coming with us. You just destroyed half the city. Um, but he doesn't do that. He just goes over and he almost like, uh, kind of like lifts up Mason in front of his daughter by yeah. saying, oh yeah, your, your dad's working for us. And he's like, John, it's time to go. He's just very like caring. And he made sure not, he could tell there was something going on there and he didn't want to screw it up for Mason. And Mason yeah. uh, obviously very much appreciated that. And I thought that, I thought that was a really, really great uh, character scene for, for good speed. It's such an honorable move. It's so, it's so interesting for his character. His character is actually so awesome in this movie. And like, it's because of little moments like this, like that. Yeah. It's, it's just such an honorable thing for him to do to, he, there's, he does not have to cover for Mason at all here. Mason just killed 25 people on this, on this chase. Yeah. And he just knows that if he comes in and says this, he ruins the rest of whatever Mason's life is with this daughter. And he knows he's trying to at least recon reconcile with her. So he comes in, he kind of covers for him, makes Mason seem important to the FBI, which is, you know, like that's a big thing. Um, yeah, so I, I loved this. I, I love I loved this part from Goodspeed. Yeah. We haven't really touched on it, but there's been several scenes of the government officials like scrambling and talking and arguing about what to do back at their base of operations. I always find those types of scenes enjoyable in movies for me. I don't know why. It's like, yeah, I love seeing the ready room and people like trying to figure out what to yeah. do, kind of, you know, make their plan and try to outsmart the other guys. 
there was a lot of it in this movie and uh, I, I had I had a lot of fun. There's a lot of it and they play up the roles really hard. Like you always have that new guy who's like the smart young guy who everyone is just like, you don't have any experience yeah. and they pick on that guy. <laughs> I love that. I love that shit. Yeah. It's like, I, I just, there's like, you don't know anything. <laughs> and they just hammer that guy into the ground. Um, yeah. Great, great shit. Well, Hummel like lit one guy up early on when, he lit when he's up. asking for the money or whatever. And just some guys like, yeah. you know, why should we pay you the money? And he's like, Hummel, he's so fucking great. This is why I choose him as my favorite. He's just like, yeah, he's something like identify yourself. You know, <laughs> the yeah. guy's just like yeah. uh, Barney McFlabberflagen, and uh, he's like, <laughs> you know, you don't know shit, Flabberflagen. You know, I was uh, <laughs> running black ops when you were shitting in a diaper, and just like lights him up and Flabberflagen. He's so sitting good. there with like this, like I think he's crapping his pants right then, even for sure. But he's just like, just he just puts him in his place, and that's yeah. The government officials in this movie, I think they uh, they kind of go under the radar, but um, yeah. I, I really like I really like what they add to this movie. This movie would be yeah. very different if you didn't have these assholes, you know, making these terrible calls and pulling the strings for the for the U.S. government. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You you have to cheer against them but you still need their team. You still are cheering for their team to win as a whole, right. but you're cheering like against them individually. Yeah. And they do a perfect job of like balancing they're, that. It's awesome. so annoying. But yeah. I love watching them. They take so many losses in the movie that it's just perfect. Yeah. Uh, but they're really wasting time here too, though. They're down to 15 hours before Hummel will launch the rockets. Yeah. And they haven't done shit yet. But um, no. luckily... They are now finally ready to move in. So Goodspeed and Mason join Commander Michael Bean and his SEAL team in a chopper. They head towards Alcatraz and they fly in below the radar. Now, Dean, in movies, I'm always hearing people are flying below the radar. Right. <laughs> My thought is, why can't radar go lower? You should lower that radar. Lower, lower the radar. like Lower it to sea level. Then nothing can be below it. Maybe you should come up with something better than something you can just fly under if you need to. So I had to look into this. I had to look into okay, this. Okay, good. Perfect. What is up with this? Can you fly yeah. under the radar? It yeah. turns out, yes, you can actually fly under the radar. And okay. He, why isn't there just lower Here's it? the explanation. This is why. Okay. Since the Earth is round and radar uses radio waves, which travel in a straight line, flying under the radar means flying beneath the area that the radar can see directly. So the curvature of the Earth will block incoming radar signals. Tim, that makes a lot of know, sense. Right? Wow. When I read that, I was like, oh, I feel yeah. like such an idiot. <laughs> I know. So very good point, though. Like that's thank you for bringing that because that's always something I've thought of when it's like <laughs> we're under the radar just because they're close to the water or whatever. What is that? That's perfect. Thank point you. Point the radar yeah, down. Bring, lower it. You you're pointing it, it too high. Yeah, aim it lower. <laughs> Get a bigger radar spectrum. Get two radars. Yeah. Point one up. Point one down. You What's got the it. fucking problem? You know, um, so you know who would still have a problem with flying below the radar is f Who's flat that? earthers. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, they they don't believe they don't, in flying. They below don't the believe radar. in being able to fly below. They don't the radar. believe you can do That's that. That's not possible. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, possible. They would lean into this argument a lot heavier than I am. True. Yeah. <laughs> they turn off the rock at that point. Not possible. <laughs> yeah. Nope, that's where you lost me, Rock. Get out of here. Can't fly below the radar. That's where you lost me. You're telling me the U.S. government can't figure out how to have radar cover up and down. Nope. They went to the moon. (laughs) They sent satellites. Can't figure it out. To the depths of our solar system. Doesn't matter. But you can fly below the radar. Radio waves. I mean, you can fly below the radar. Maybe they have other things, but they were under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> got to figure out how to make radar curve. That's what you got to do. Yes. That's, ex- where, exactly. that's where the money is. Figuring out how to curve yeah. radar. Curving the radar. Yeah, exactly. I think you can do it. Magnets, I think. Magnets. Great call. Yeah. Great call. Yeah. Yeah. Total- that would totally work. Yeah. Uh, put some lead in your radar signal and then use magnets yeah, to curve ex- it. Exactly. Exactly. It's so easy. Solved it. So the team drops into the water. They have underwater scooters and they find a filtration pipe underwater where they sneak into Alcatraz. Yeah. Now, Mason, uh, he does some cool stuff to kind of like progress them through Alcatraz. He gets them to a shower room where they accidentally set off a motion sensor, which alerts Hummel's team to their presence. Yeah. And Hummel's men get there very quickly and they set up a trap. Hummel's men are all in an elevated position as Michael Bean and his team sneak in. And this was a excellent scene. Because yeah. this was 100% not what I was expecting to happen at this point in the movie. They threw me a huge twist. It was super exciting, Dean. What did you think of this scene? Yeah, same. Um, it's been so long since I've seen the movie. I knew something like this happened. But I still thought that some of them were would survive. Like, I didn't think they were all going to die. I thought that some of these... Some of this team was going to survive and be along with Goodspeed and Mason for the rest of the way. Same. So it just like, like I, I, I knew something was going to happen, but it just totally threw me. It was awesome. It's so intense. It's such an intense scene. Even when you're watching it, you do not think, you don't think it's going to happen. You know, you don't think that 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 Ed Harris's men, you know, are just going to shoot them all. Like it just, you think something else is going to happen, especially because we've kind of we kind of get to know a bit of his character and like, it doesn't really feel like he wants to do that. You know, no, like, not at all. His whole thing is that he wants to pay, you know, he the families of these people that lost their lives. These, these people in the military that lost their lives. So when Michael Bean is up there and like tell saying like, we fought, you know, we fought the same war. We've been in the same fight. You're like, he doesn't want to kill these people right now. Like that is true. What Michael Bean's saying is true. They are kind of comrades, you know, like this has got to appeal to, to Ed Harris in this moment. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very exciting and just throws me. It, it, it threw me for a loop this time around. Cause it's been so long since I saw it that, uh, 
I, I loved it. It was it was such a great scene. It was so powerful. Um, yeah, great music playing. Michael Bean yeah. is so intense. Like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if anybody plays like a commander of a squad better than Michael Bean. It, it's just so yeah. great. He gets so into it. Yeah. Yeah, there's like, um, you can tell Hummel doesn't want to do it, but his men are bloodthirsty. You can also tell that. And well, two of them, two of them for sure are. And actually, yeah, there's a lot of them kind of are, most but like of them two are. specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of having this standoff. You know, Michael Bean yeah. is just like, I'm not, I'm not standing down. I can't. He's like, you know, Hummel, you know, I can't stand down. You know, like, you know who yeah. I am. We, we made the same pledge. We made the same oath as Marines. You know, I can't stand down. And it looks like Hummel's going to break because Hummel's just like, he doesn't want to do it. But then one of the guys accidentally, one of Hummel's men accidentally bumps some rocks. Those rocks fall yeah. down and that starts off the gunfight. And Michael Bean and his entire team get wasted. Very emotional tell, yeah. watching Michael Bean get shot yeah. down like that. Like it's a very powerful moment. And yeah, you've got Goodspeed and Mason are now the only two left. Yeah. So Yeah, it it's just it's just shocking. Um and kind of great. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, kind I, of a great I loved it. Yeah, great like Great unexpected thing to happen in this movie. Um, just now these two guys that were kind of thrown in. One didn't think he was going in and got thrown in, and that's good speed. The other one had to like convince everyone that they should throw him in, which is Mason, because he was like, I'm not going to know how to get in until we're there. I'm not going to be able to tell you what to do. So you have these two guys who like didn't know they were going to be there, but also, you know, just one of them wanted to, one of them didn't. And it's just, yeah, it's it, one of them is like as escaped from there. The other one, Goodspeed has no field training, basically. I mean, he has training, but like he's a, he's a desk guy kind of, I mean, okay. This is something that I like, I, I don't really get because like his job is to defuse bombs, which is like a really, a really high pressure job, but he's like played off as a nerd in this movie. And I think it's just like, so you mentioned um, that the writer of the movie also wrote uh, Die Hard with the Vengeance. And that movie also has a bomb guy diffuser that's a geek. So I wonder if it was just like they thought that these like people who defuse the bombs are just like these these desk guys who are geeks most of the time and then come in to defuse a bomb. But like in my mind, that's a high pressure job, too. So he deals with stress every day. So he should be, you know, he, he should be able to. I mean, used at least used to this type of thing, but I guess he's not really in the field as much. I, I don't know. What what was what were your thoughts on sort of his character being like a geek? Well, I mean, his character being a geek, I don't think that comes down to his role in the FBI. I think okay, a, a yeah. geek is a, a geek. He can be a you know a geek no matter what. I think for him, like when they're talking about field training, like his job wouldn't have him in the field right so i guess what what mason is talking about is like live action like have you been in a shootout before have you been in a in a situation where you know there's a bunch of guys and they're trying to kill you and no good speed hasn't because that's not his role in the fbi his role is to defuse bombs it's not to fight other people so as this group of this group, you know, Mason and Goodspeed and the and the Marines, they're going into Alcatraz. You don't want a guy who hasn't had 
experience in yeah. the field is what they call it. You want a guy like Michael Bean who's been through several wars or you know several missions. He's he's yeah. faced people, he's killed people, he's survived. He has that confidence. You don't want a Stanley Goodspeed who well, I mean, they need him because they need people to defuse the bombs, but like when it comes to do you want like a soldier, a hardened soldier or someone who can defuse bombs in this situation? You want the hardened soldier. Like, do you ever play Call of Duty or anything like that? Yeah. Like, if you, I, I don't think there is a, I don't, maybe, I don't think there's a bomb expert, but like, if you had a team of, of guys, you know, one guy's like yeah. the heavy gunner, one guy's the sniper, one guy's the bomb diffuser, like, he kind of feels like, you know, extra load. You're just you're protecting that guy. You're yeah. carrying him along because he can't do anything except defuse bombs. So great if you find a bomb, he can defuse that. But there's a good chance you'll all get killed before you even get to that bomb. So you'd almost rather have a guy with a machine gun beside you to kind of like press your way through the situation. So I I think that's what Mason was talking about with uh, his field yeah. training and like a good speed doesn't really know what he's doing when it comes to the field, but. You're right. Like he has been through tons of high pressure situations, which allows him to still, um, you know, conduct himself at a high level in this situation. Yeah. He doesn't fold under the pressure because he's used to the pressure. So he can handle it, but he can't do the killing, which is fine because yeah. it turns out Mason isn't just an infiltration expert. He's also James Bond. He, he like can, he yeah, right. kills yeah. people <laughs> like at will, which. Yeah. That's not where I thought this movie was going. I thought you've got yeah. two guys left. You've got Sean Connery, the infiltration expert, and you've got Goodspeed, the guy who can't really fight people. I thought they were going to like mouse their way through Alcatraz and like sneak through pipes and find the missiles and, 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 you know, defuse the bombs. That's not what happened. They really leaned into Mason being a badass, being a, like a hardened yeah. soldier who can kill and is really good at it. And that's where they go with it. Yeah. Being, being the action star. Yeah. I, I like that. You know, that that's a good point because uh, for sure, the, the, when you defuse a bomb, you don't have the enemy around trying to gunning you down. You know, it's like they've left the bomb somewhere. They're not going to be around. So I like that. They did actually set it up earlier too, where he asked for a gun and they're like, don't you have a gun? Aren't you an FBI agent? He's like, Oh yeah, it's in my sock drawer. It's like, he doesn't pull it out. He doesn't use his gun. He doesn't bring it. So I, I really like, yeah, I did like that setup that he's not used to being in the field. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they start going around. Um, we immediately see how capable Mason is as they kind of stumble upon a room with, uh, you know, a couple of the, 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 the missiles and Mason, he just immediately, when he sees a guy, he throws his knife right through this guy's neck. Then, yeah, shit. then he shoots up another guy's feet and then drops a huge air conditioning unit down on him. So that seemed like no, no problem at all for him. Uh, yeah. And this is where we see that good speed starts pulling out the chemicals out of their casing because yeah. the guidance chip is kind of inside there and he has to pull the guidance chip out, destroy the guidance chip so that if they do fire these missiles, they'll just like splash into the water. They can't, they won't be able to target with them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good plan. I like that. I, I like, I like understanding what you need to do with like the big, 
weapon, you know, with the big, so it's so like this, this at this moment, the movie just like basically gives you a roadmap for the rest of the movie. And it's that there's four of these missiles. They have these, they have all the chemicals in them. We're going to have to take the chemicals out, take the guidance chips out, destroy the guidance chips. We've done one now. There's three to go. I just love it. It, it. it feels like a video game. You know, it feels like, okay, I know my next objective. I know all the objectives I have to do. And uh, so I know where it's going. Uh, I also thought the chemicals looked really cool. Just like th- this, this string awesome. of glass beads yeah, with the green and the clinking of the glass. It was very dramatic. Anytime Goodspeed pulled one of those suckers out, I was just worried. And you were probably really worried because you didn't want to see someone's face melt off again. I did not want to see it. I definitely did not want to see it. Um, it's great. It's something like this could be so easily forgettable. Like just yeah. like you don't remember what it right. looks like. And it's one of the things you remember from the movie. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things that just sticks with you is this, these beads of green balls yeah. as he pulls them out. It's, it's such a good design. I absolutely love yeah. it. You'll never forget the look of that, uh, that chemical weapon. Yeah. Great choice. So we get a few more scenes here with Mason and Goodspeed fighting Hummel's men and looking for uh, for the missiles. But there's only 52 minutes left, and they both end up getting caught and thrown into a cell. And I, I thought yeah. this was another great decision, uh, not only to build tension, but also because we know Mason's just going to escape out of the cell. He's done it before. <laughs> Let's see him do it. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Yeah, he's and he of course he knows exactly what to do. And it doesn't take him very long and he just like gets them out of the no. cell. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun because at the same time Goodspeed's like basically breaking down his escape and he's like, "All right, so I understand how you got yeah. all the way to this point, but how the hell did you get out of your cell?" And yeah. while obviously while he's giving that speech, Mason's breaking out of the cell. I love yeah. it. How, how did you get out? I only ask because in our current uh, circumstances <laughs> it would come in very handy. And then the cell door it's just great. like opens. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. What's good about it is that like Goodspeed didn't even see how it was done because he's in the yeah. cell. So he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know how he got out, but he just knows that the door's open and he's like, all right, okay, I guess this guy's pretty legit. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but then Mason, he just decides he's done. He's going to leave. He's had enough. He's like, I'm not going to die on Alcatraz. That's, that's yeah. where this is trending to go. I'm yeah. out. And then Goodspeed quickly gets found because without Mason, he's shit. And he is shit. Mason comes back, though, and he breaks this guy's neck who's got a gun on uh, Goodspeed. And Mason says he came back because he's too old to swim off the island. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, it's a great line. Yeah, it is. I like to believe it. I like to think that he actually got to the edge and said, I can't swim. I can't do this. So I may as well just go back. I think that builds I think that builds his character up even more as like the I really don't care. Because I really do want to believe yeah. that he doesn't care. Um, for, yeah. for everything that he's gone through in his life, he doesn't owe it to anybody. So I like the idea of him deciding, I'm going to leave because I still want to live my life. And then he gets to yeah. the water and he's like, I can't swim out of here. I may as well go can't back and just try to help out. Yeah, I like it too because they've 
talked a lot about how old he is and how he did this escape like 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago, and how he won't be able to do anything because he's so old. And then he has been really amazing. So I like that we do get to a point where it's like, yeah, I guess my age has gotten the way here. I can't do this swim anymore. I could do the swim 30 years ago, but I can't do it now. So I do like that as much as they were pumping up the age, that it actually became a factor in the movie. He is too old to do this swim. Yeah. Now, time is up. The government didn't come through with the money. And I found the shocking, but Hummel gives the order to fire a missile. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's shocking for me because they were building up this idea that Hummel that Hummel wouldn't do this. He, he wouldn't be willing yeah. to kill people, but he fires it. And the rocket is headed towards a football stadium where a game is going on. But at the last moment, Hummel changes the target and it detonates in the water. Yeah. Which seemed fine, but wouldn't that pollute the water? Probably. That's something they didn't really get into. That's a bit of a plot hole. Yeah, I don't really know how that toxin works. Um, how that chemical works. Maybe it's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's like gas. Maybe they don't, it would blow up in the water still though. Right. Yeah. They said the missile detonated underwater. So it blew up. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you would think that all that shit's in the water now. Yeah. And if not, like if yeah. water neutralizes it, then like send in the fire department to Alcatraz, just get them to hose everything <laughs> get down. Get some hoses on this Alcatraz. Yeah. We need a plan, plan A. We need a giant hose. That we can spray yeah. on Alcatraz. <laughs> plan, a giant hose. Plan B, destroy, bomb the island. Plan, bomb the island. Plan, plan C, infiltration. Plan C, send in a ninja. Yeah. Should we pay off the families? No, no, no. It's not. A, don't. No, no. Keep that off That's, the board. doesn't exist. Hose is definitely. Giant hose. Like, huge hose. Number one. We have yeah. 39 hours to make a hose. <laughs> make a hose. That's like the size of an airplane. Yeah. In in its like uh, circumference. Yeah. Oh, just send in one of those airplanes that does those water drops. Not enough. Those, not like, enough. Bombs to put out fire. F- not enough. No? Giant not hose. Enough. Like a hose <laughs> so powerful that when you point yeah. it at Alcatraz, it actually blows everything right off of Alcatraz with the water pressure. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah, talking yeah, like fair. picture Godzilla holding a hose yeah. and having oh. trouble with it. A giant hose. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to put it like the other end into uh, into the water. Like there's water all around. Yeah. You just need you need a way of like pumping it it through. You need a way to pump it. Yeah. So I don't know. They could have figured that out. I think so. Yeah. You just need physics for that. Just you just that's how you figure that one out is physics, right? Get your top physics. Because water neutralized. Yeah, if water neutralized that chemical, then yeah, why wasn't that enough? It's either that or like marine life for thousands of miles are dead. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the better thing than it's better than paying a hundred million dollars. It's better to <laughs> it's better to lose better than paying families who deserve it a hundred dollars. Way better to lose marine life across thousands of cubic miles or square miles or should we just pay the families that deserve money no no no, no. Well, we gotta wipe out the ocean yeah. wipe, wipe out the aquatic yeah. life let's have as many other things die as we can before we pay 
definitely higher priority than paying money. So the president didn't consider the hose and orders an airstrike on the rock. Yeah. Uh, very emotional moment in the movie. I liked it. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they, they do emotional moments really good in the movie. Hummel. Yeah, I, I, I honestly feel like Bay does that well early in his career. Yeah. I think he actually kind of nails. Sure. Them. Yeah, I could, uh, I could, uh, I'll buy that. Um, I, I buy that. Yeah. Hummel tells his men the mission is now over. The men are to take four hostages and the last missile to the chopper. And Hummel confirms here that he was never going to fire on San Francisco. So. The, the gig is up for him. The, he was, he yeah, says they basically. called, he, they called our bluff. That's what he says. Yeah. Now his men are extremely pissed off and they try to relieve him of command. They want the money. Yeah. They want the death. And Hummel's friend, Major Baxter, puts his gun to Hummel's head then turns it on the other men and fires. And we get a big shootout. Uh, another great moment in the movie. This was so impactful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Mason and Goodspeed jump in. They pull Hummel out. Hummel tells them where the last missile is, and then he dies. Yeah. Um, these, like, these like members of his team, they want the money and the Yeah, death. they want both. They somehow want both yeah. of them. You can't get both of them, Tim. If you if you get the money, you don't have the death. If you don't get the money, then you have the death. They want I think both. if they got the money, they'd still fire the rockets. Was the was the I vibe think so I too. Yeah, I think so too. They were I, I liked it. I liked that there was people on his team that were just like, you know, the extreme. You know, they were like buying into what he's saying, but like they didn't know that not doing it was part of the plan. They didn't no. know that. So they were just fully like, We gotta launch these. We gotta kill people because we didn't get the money. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was uh, it's a good scene that he's actually killed by his own men in this movie, which is uh, another thing that I'm just not quite expecting, you know, not quite expecting the movie to go that way. And, and it does yeah, definitely. Now, Goodspeed goes on to kill one of the main bad guys by shooting him with one of the missiles, just shoots it right into his chest. Um. That was pretty good. He's delivering kind of some cheesy lines at the time, but it was pretty fun watching. It's the cheesiest. Yeah. It's fun watching this guy get hit by a missile, though. Yeah, it's the cheesiest line ever. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Which I didn't like in the moment. And then my wife actually fell asleep at this part, so I retold it the next day, and I couldn't get through it without laughing. Like, I couldn't even get through the line without laughing. It was bad. Uh, he kills another one by stuffing one of the chemical balls into his mouth. Uh, that I like that. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Because it's it's nice that the movie then just like still uses the chemicals in some way, you know, because we saw the early thing and then it hasn't really done any, the chemicals haven't really become a factor. So it's like just reminds you that they're very dangerous. And like, here's, you know, let's use it in the fight. And those two guys, those were the guys in the movie you really wanted to have harsh kills because they were yeah. like the troublemakers. They were the main troublemakers. Yeah. And you didn't really like them throughout the movie. Yeah, so, definitely. One of them was one of them was Tony Todd, which yeah, I believe is the Candyman. It is. Yeah, I cannot look yeah. at that guy and not see Candyman and not get scared. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he was quite scary. Yeah. Um, Goodspeed. He gets the final guidance chip, 
and destroys it. Oh, he actually, because he let that that ball off into that guy's mouth, he had to do the stabbing of the needle into his heart. He did. He was able to do it. Yeah. Uh, but he kind of wakes up from that, and he remembers that if the mission is complete, he should light up two green flares, and yep. that will signify that they've completed their mission. So he runs outside, he lights those green flares, and the airstrike is coming in. They're coming in hot. They see it, and they pull off, but not before one of them fires a missile on the island. That's how close it was. I kind of like that. It was like, it was yeah. so close that they couldn't even not fire one of the one of the missiles. It like he I fired it. it, and then they had to pull off because yeah. they they saw the green smoke. So, yeah, and like good good work with this uh, this guy who actually fired it because he felt really horrible after firing it. You know, it's just like it, it, it's good it's good um, you know character work even for the crew that's firing the missiles on the island. You know, they actually get something out of that too. That's true because he he's like shit. I fired. I did it. Like we were we were so close. I already did it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just the intensity that builds in this moment. Um, it's a good payoff to actually have one fired still. Yeah. So it, uh, it didn't kill anybody. Good speed was close. He got, he got blown out into the water where he gets pulled out by Mason and Mason tells him that he's amazed good speed ever got past puberty, which I thought was a funny line. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. very a very like rude thing to say to someone great yeah uh, it's perfect coming from mason but that's it it's all done dean it's a happy day except yeah. for all the people who were killed uh so many people yeah. killed definitely there's a lot of people <laughs> killed i felt like i felt like actually after um you know the after the 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 shower scene where like ed harris's men gunned down everyone else he should have like got back on the phone with the government and been like i need 13 more million because i yeah, just right. killed a bunch of other people totally. that i need to send it to their families yeah um too so many people died in this movie so many, so many um, but it was a uh, it was a, great, it's a it was happy a great ride in the end happy ending. yeah it's a happy ending it's a great ride it's better that you know 60 people got killed rather than you know 80,000 or 100,000 or more. Definitely, yeah. That's why the uh, president ordered the airstrike, Dean. It was uh, yeah, the lower true. lower amount of casualties. Yeah, there's there's 81, I think there was 81 tourists and then, you know, all the Marines that were there. Uh, it's definitely better than the 80,000. Yeah. Now the government radio to Goodspeed, who tells them the hostages are alive but Mason is dead. Great move. Love this. Yeah. Mason's not dead. He's fine. He's not. Mason thanks him, tells him he should check out a church in Fort Walton, Kansas, where he'll find a pew with a hollow leg. We see Goodspeed and his fiance Carla checking it out. Goodspeed ends up finding the stolen microfilm with all of the government secrets and they drive away in a car that says just married and the end. Cool. Do you like that ending? I do like the ending. Um, it's for a completely different reason than the actual ending of the movie. Um, I like it because it creates two movies that now exist where Nick Cage and Ed Harris are in them. And Nick Cage learns who uh, actually shot 
uh, JFK. So the oh, was Ed Harris in JFK? No, Ed Harris is in National Treasure Book of Secrets. Ooh, okay, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, we haven't done. And that. Nick Cage learns who actually shot JFK in that movie. <laughs> oh, because he found the microfilm in the rock. It's different. He <laughs> found a book of secrets. He found the book of secrets. Oh man! But um, uh, two movies now with that have both those people in it. <laughs> okay, where it. Nick Cage finds out who killed JFK. I thought it was really funny. Wow. That's unique. It's unique. It's very unique. I wonder so if it's the same person t- in both movies. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> that's a good question, Tim. I wonder. That tickles my fancy. That's um, funny. That's the kind of thing I like. Um, so I really loved... I kind of forgot that he gets the microfilm and sees that. So when he sees that... I've recently watched Book of Secrets. So when he sees that, I was like, he, what? He learns again? He learns again who killed JFK? That's uh, that's a good trivia. A bit of trivia. It's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. In one of the movies, it was Lee Harvey Oswald, and in the other one, it was it was the Grassy Knoll. Yeah, that's what he learned. So he's <laughs> that's what he learned. He's no further now than when he started. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that was a fun movie. I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. covering that one. That was a bit of a surprise. I didn't think I was gonna, you know, enjoy that one quite as much as I did, and I was uh, thrilled watching it. Yeah, exactly. As much as I like watch current Michael Bay movies and don't like them, you know, as much as I'm like, man, this guy's actually not very good at directing movies that I like. He doesn't he doesn't make movies I like anymore. I go back to The Rock and expect not to like it after that. You know, I, was, I expect to think like, oh, I probably just liked it as a teenager and it's still got the Michael Bay stuff I don't like. But I like it. It's good. It's just a really solid fun action movie like just it, it it is it is a great movie to throw on and watch almost at any time it's uh it was i was pleasantly surprised with how much i enjoyed it this time around yeah that's the thing i hear michael bay now and i'm like oh his movies are so over the top and and yeah. awful that i don't like his movies but i forget about this one uh this this is by far my favorite from him i think this is his best uh, i definitely recommend rewatching this for anybody who you know might be considering All right. Well, everyone listening, if you're looking for a way to support Talking Back, and uh, that's how we survive is on your support, so please consider it. There's a few ways you can do that. You can start by telling your friends about us, share your favorite episode with them, share this episode, let them know about us. You could also uh, give us a review and a rating on your favorite podcast app. You can send us a one-time donation over at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back, or you can sign up to be a Patreon and gain access to exclusive episodes over at patreon.com slash talking back. There's a bunch of content over there now and signing up at the $5 level will just unlock everything all at once for you. Uh, So check that out. And now that this episode is over, don't worry, head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something that you like. Dean, thank you for joining. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
like comic books? Me too. Hi, I'm John. Join me over at the Comics Underground podcast, where I invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books, graphic novels, manga, and more. Go to bfopnetwork.com for more info, or find me on your favorite podcatcher. I'll see you there.